0: You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much. Walker Howard has committed to the Ole Miss Rebels, an unbelievably major coup for Lane Kiffin and his staff, and it instantly makes the loss of Marcel Reed meaningless. Now, I'm not saying Marcel's not a good quarterback. I'm saying that this makes that just completely irrelevant um, in the future. So nobody will talk about that anymore. You have a quarterback for four years. You have four years of eligibility of Walker Howard, and we're going to talk about comps. We're going to talk about what this means, and we're going to talk about... How this day in the next 48 hours, 72 hours, that time frame will play out for the Ole Miss Rebels. It is very, very fascinating. But first of all, Walker Howard is just a great, great prospect. And I am in, incredibly impressed with how good he is. When I watched this film, honestly, I dug into him more this year than I did last year because, you know, he's, he's Jamie Howard's son. He was going to LSU. Um, last year. So you didn't expend too much energy um, in the process, but digging into him now, I was really impressed. Right now, I do want to let you know, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first and listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications, participate in the conversation by commenting down below, and of course, upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. So Looking at the film of Walker Howard, the first thing that just pops off at you is like, I'm watching Matt Corral. That is the player that I'm seeing right now. He might be a touch slower than Matt. I'm not, I'm not saying all the measurables and everything are exactly the same. But the way he plays the game and the way the film looks, looks just like Matt Corral. Go back to his um, huddle highlights from St. Thomas More in Lafayette, Louisiana. And you can see exactly what it looks like. He had a relationship with Jack Besch, who's at TCU. So they're going to be split up, but they went to LSU together. Um, But you could see they had a relationship in, in the middle of the field, real similar to the way Matt and Elijah Moore had that same relationship. And they used that at that level of high school to just be a weapon. Now, you want to talk about somebody with some arm talent? This cat has some orn out. Go well, seriously. Go look at that video and look at the way he plays the game. Now, I am unbelievably impressed by what has happened. Okay, this has now become right now before any more happens, and more is going to happen. Okay, more is coming. This is the the most decorated quarterback room in the modern history of Ole Miss. You, you have a starting quarterback that is a former Gatorade National Player of the Year. You have a second-string quarterback at the moment that is a borderline five-star with all kinds of accolades. And the rumors, if the rumors are true, you're going to have a one-year guy coming in that was a four-year starter. And it's, it's like, what? What? Because whenever we went into the signing period... That's the reason everybody was going crazy about Marcel Reed. It's because of how dire the quarterback room was. You had a Gatorade National Player of the Year. and That's great. And then you had walk-ons. That was the only scholarship quarterback. Now Ole Miss is looking like they are going to rebuild that room all at once. It's like, boom, we're exactly where we want to be. Now, This spring just became oh-so interesting. And I don't necessarily mean for Walker Howard. I just mean the whole dynamic of this offense and what's going on. But I don't think people should discount Walker Howard. I I, I just don't think they... I think that would be a poor move, especially in this offense and his ability. Whenever I looked at his film, and like I said, it was Matt Corral-like, all of a sudden... Where he sits in this offense, it went up a little bit, and I'll be interesting to see exactly what he does. In the chat right now, uh, Joy Freeman says, "Has Ole Miss ever had this many five-star players on a team?" I I don't think so. The roster accumulation that Lane Kiffin has done has been absolutely phenomenal. The absolutely phenomenal. David Gibson says. The offense is coming together. Let's hope we get some defensive additions. I think that's coming. Um, Monty Montgomery from Louisville, I think, is on campus this week or today or tomorrow or something like that. So, Marcus Hopkins says defensive additions are coming. Yes, exactly. We're getting to the point where um, those are starting to show up. Now, we do not want Phil Golding just to feel the feel, we want him to have a grasp on what we have. But I think that has happened. That's the reason they've been slow. They've been deliberate in this whole process as well. But Walker Howard, as a quarterback, four years of eligibility. Now, <laughs> this, this dude's a cat, man. He is really good. He uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where you watch his video and he just smiles. And I understand, okay, I understand what LSU did. And I understand why they did what they did. Because Nussmeier is a good quarterback, okay? That was going to be the competition. But then Jaden Daniels at LSU, him coming back cost LSU, in my opinion, um, Walker Howard. And all of the ceiling that Walker Howard could have. Because this was a redshirt year. This was a true freshman year. You don't play as a true freshman at schools like LSU or Alabama or things like that. So anybody that says he's a third-string guy, yes, he was a true freshman. You have to be unbelievably special to start as a true freshman at one of those schools. And also, and also they have to have nothing else. So this kid has a chance to come in and make an impact. I am I'm not saying he's going to start. I'm saying he's going to compete because one of the tenants of this program is competition. And if everything happens, like I think it's going to happen, that quarterback room is about to have some competition. Wayne Lilly says, um, do you think Golding will get the Alabama linebacker that just entered the portal? You know, you think you connect dots and, and I mean, that makes sense. But, um, but he could be getting into the portal for another reason. You know, I mean Monty Montgomery from Louisville. I think he's going to end up at Ole Miss as well. That's that a heck of a player. If you make a change, everybody's talking about the players that have gone out versus the players that have gone into, um, the portal. I would trade right now Austin Keys for Monty Montgomery. I wouldn't even think twice. So there's some questions and stylistic and fits and things like that that need to be um, worked through. But I think we're heading down that way over the next little bit of time. Um, somebody says Kiffin can't wait to use Walker, Howard and fourth down. Hey, <laughs> Gala, don't get me started on that. Um, Van Killen says, this could be the defense I've seen us in a lot of positions in a long time. Yes, it's the most talented uh, rosters the last two years that have been in the modern history of Ole Miss football. The end of last season was sabotage. You want to talk about the things that went wrong, you have to basically realize the end of the season. Is the Auburn situation is what derailed this team moving forward. Joey Freeman says the better taste of losing Marcel Reed just went away. That's absolutely the case. All respects to Rod Reed. He still actually watches the show, believe it or not. Even after Marcel went to Texas A&M, he still watches the podcast, and um, I'm appreciative of that. Um, ignore this over here. Um, I forgot to change that before we live stream. Um, so we'll see what's up. Wayne Lilly says, what are your thoughts on Victor um, Crummy?" I I, I can't pronounce his last name yet, Uh, the Washington offensive lineman that just committed. I, I like it. I think what we're seeing on the offensive line is a difference in the fact that you have an exterior and an interior offensive line. And I think, like Micah Pettis, I think there's a chance he moves inside. And I think in the guard position, you're going to have four people again competing for those three spots. And then at the tackle position, you'll have Jeremy James back, because I believe he's returning. And I think um, Jaden Williams is going to be a good player. Um, but um, the kid from Washington can play a little tackle as well. So he might end up being a swing lineman, like in the NFL, um, where you have a guy that can do a bunch of stuff. Um, Waves on Swim says, is Walker better than Daugherty? Uh No, I don't know. It, it's... They're both really good quarterbacks. Um, and they play the game differently, but Dart Dart's a toolsy guy, man. I, I think he has a he's in position for a major jump this year. And I think in a perfect world, Lane Kiffin wants Jackson Dart to throw for thirty five hundred, thirty touchdowns and six interceptions this year and go to the NFL and then pass it over to Walker Howard. That's what I think. Um are we getting away from three defensive linemen? No, we're, we are not. Um, if you look at UTSA, they ran a bunch of three-down stuff. Alabama ran three-down stuff, um, and that that same stuff is going to happen here. But listen, that's not that wasn't the problem. The problem was the defense was too small. The defense was so too passive. The chalkboard is going to be the same type plays that we ran in the three-two-six, but instead of a 250-pound, 240-pound defensive end, 220-pound linebacker, and 195-pound safety, you have a 300-pound defensive end, a 230-pound linebacker, and another linebacker that plays um, almost like an outside linebacker that's 250-260 pounds. The physics problems kind of get solved. And the, the defense that Georgia and Alabama runs, they're three down defenses. So it's not necessarily that. Most defenses are over and under anyway, but that's my point. Whenever people say three down defense, that's what they're complaining about. The size, the passiveness, and things like that. So... Christian Fryer asks, how much of an impact do you think Sontarian per- Perkins will have as a freshman? I think he starts day one, honestly. I think he will ha- play one of the outside linebacker positions. I think the other side will be played potentially like by Cedric Johnson, a, a big bigger guy. Um, and they're going to figure out a way to use the athleticism of Sunterian and it, It'll be pretty cool. And if you have a linebacker set of Jeremiah Jean-Patiste and if Monty Montgomery comes... You got you got some starting dudes. Lane says, "Do you think we will get Deshaun Gaddy from um, North Texas?" I, I think it's possible. I think I think he came in because of the loss of Iqmanosan and Iqmanosan and Taishem Johnson. You know, whenever you change a coach, whenever players come to a school for a coach, there's some players that come to a school for a school. But if players come from a school for to a school for a coach. When that coach leaves, you generally so do that. So, real quick, before we um, continue on, I do want to let you know that today's show and every show is brought to you by Bet Online. It's your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends. For every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season that happened to basketball to that World Cup that was weirdly in November, they had it all at betonline.net. If you like sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so in the first segment, we talked a little bit, you know, Walker Howard coming into town. We did some general recruiting stuff, and I told you what I was impressed with. And now, what? Our, our, Quentin, are you talking about the shirt um, real quick? Quentin says, awesome, awesome quip. My eyesight's not very good. Where'd you get it? Um, I got it for Christmas. Um But, you know, it's the um, last day of the transfer portal, so it has to have some camo. So, you know, we're going to war, that type thing. Um, But I got it for Christmas, so probably someplace like Fanatics would be a good place to look. Um, Rebel Landshark says, man, how exciting are you for the next couple of years? Next year may be tough to compete, but the next year we should have legit SEC talent. Uh, I think next year we can compete. Now, if we're at a point where next year we're going to need to outscore people, okay? That, that's the point. The goal of Pete Golding is an improvement to the defense. Ole Miss has not had a top 50 defense since 2015. That's nearly a decade. So, it is going to be important for Pete Golding to build that up. And as he does that, we need to get it maximized. Do the best we can because the weapons that Ole Miss has on the offensive side of the ball is really unprecedented. Everywhere from Trey Harris to Chris Marshall to even Jordan Watkins, Jalen Robinson. Those guys have the talent to jump. To young guys um, like Larry Simmons, Jeremiah Dillon. Those guys that, you know, Dillon was hurt most of last year, but he's a dude now. He's a guy that could show up in the fall and all of a sudden he's your slot receiver and everybody's going, where'd he come from? He's that guy. So there's weapons all over the place. There's pieces come in for the offensive line. Like I said, people worry about the offensive line. And I think that is because, you know, when people watch the game, and this is not an insult, this is not a critique or anything, they watch the ball, what's going on. And they notice that, some, that something happens, but they don't really know why it happens from time to time. And Ole Miss being a heavy RPO team means they run the ball. It's run blocking most every play. So it's not typical pass protection. So if you have a second or third level RPO, and that means um, the linebackers or the defensive backs throwing the ball off of them that takes a little bit more time to develop, the defensive linemen are going to get through. It's the reason why it can look like a sieve at times. It can just go wrong. But if Ole Miss can get that fixed and the timing fixed, and I think that really, really is going to be important, the timing of these throws, these RPO throws, the offensive line is going to look a lot better. Daniel Kelly says, so have we fully, fully given up on Igman and Johnson? I have. Um, I, I have given up on those two guys. Um, I, I think they're going to go get a payday, especially Igman He was a former Armour All-American that just didn't play in the game because of COVID. He's a really good player. Tysheem Johnson from Philly, four-star. There's going to be people that throw bags at them. Uh, It just just is, and actually, it did happen. So, Lane Lilly, any other portal players you think will be in the running for that haven't been rumored yet? I don't know. I want to see, I heard um, from a guy, even like, if you want to go back two or three Locked On Ole Miss podcasts, I talked about this. There was an SEC West um, defensive back that's going to get into the portal that is going to end up at Ole Miss, potentially. Yesterday it was rumored, um, an independent, unconfirmed thing. LSU safety, which is exactly what I heard. I said SEC West just because I want it to be cryptic. Um, But it is what it is. DJ Prime says, thoughts on the slot receiver position. This is an interesting thing. If anybody listens to the show from time to time, You had slot receivers. Now I don't know about Jalen Robinson because he was hurt so much. We don't know what we have, but Jordan Watkins. I like Jordan Watkins. Really good player, but at times it looked like an outside receiver playing slot. If that makes sense. After having an Elijah Moore, maybe it was the fact that we didn't just we didn't use it very much. Maybe it was the fact that on the other side of the field, um, there was nothing from. You know, Michael Trigg did not do what we expected him to do. But the middle of the field was a problem last year. Now, there's rumors about Tula Griffin at Mississippi State. That's that's the rumor for um, this cycle. And State's up in arms about tampering, and they're, you know, they're doing all kinds of stuff. And A, if they're going to stop one thing of tampering, only one thing, that would be that one person that gets caught going, 75 miles an hour when everybody else is going 95 miles an hour that that's what that would be so it that'd be an interesting thing as a slot receiver I'm interested to see Jordan Watkins I want to see a healthy Jalen Robinson I want to see those guys and also Jeremiah Dillon like I said he has a chance to be the dude Um, Do we need a true center from Daniel Kelly? Yes, um, either that or a consistent one on roster. If he gets better and gets consistent, we still need depth behind him. Maybe one of the two interior guys can do it. Um, Waves on Swim says, The returning wide receivers are not good. Let's stop pretending like they are. Ole Miss needs wide receivers badly. Ole Miss did get wide receivers. The wide receivers that played on the outside that was used, they have graduated. Um, Jordan Watkins was perfectly fine. He just wasn't used. And if you looked at the end of the game, the state game, he actually made a couple of really big catches in it. Um, one big problem. One thing I think we might see, um, Van, Van Killen, I'll, I'll hit West Neighbors in just a second. Um, one thing I think we're about to see is Michael Trigg's going to actually play slot and Caden Priestcorn is going to play tight end in some sets in this offense. So you'll have basically a 12 personnel but maybe Michael Trigg becomes that slot receiver and not so blocking dependent. I'm I'm interesting to see if they do that. I called for 20 personnel all year and didn't see it until the bowl game. Um, So we'll see exactly what happens. All right. Van Killen says, thoughts about West Neighbors. I think he's a good, good coach. Now, this was told to me by somebody, and they said that Pete Golding was not going to run an exact defense to what he ran at Alabama. He was going to mix it up with his Ron Roberts Delta State stuff, you know, all all of all of that is going to come in. It's going to be a combination of UTSA and Alabama, and that's what the defense will look like. Well, Wes Neighbors is a former Alabama defensive backs coach. He is a defensive backs coach at Maryland. Good, good recruiter, good coach. If you are a defensive backs coach at Alabama, you are scrutinized. You have somebody looking over your shoulder at all times. Nick Saban was a defensive back coach. That is his baby. There's a rumored cornerback coach that also coached at Alabama um, that may come from um, Rutgers. I forget his name. I apologize about that. I mentioned on today's show um, if you want to talk about it. So them doing Alabama stuff in the secondary and stuff like that makes me Wonder about the not Alabama defense when he comes over because people don't know this. Like Paul Johnson was a run and shoot guy. He wanted to throw the ball over the field. Jack Pardee, he was in that tree. He went to Navy. They ran the triple option. He learned it. And then he ran the triple option for the rest of his career. Really interesting to see. I'm curious of how that goes. Would you rather Mike Wright or that Oklahoma State kid Spencer Sanders fill that third string role? I think um, Mike Wright or Spencer Sanders this year are going to fill the backup role. I think that'll be the backup quarterback this season. I think Walker Howard is going to learn for a year. And if everything goes right, they'll both be gone. And Walker Howard will be able to go into the next one. And he'll compete with Demon Williams. Demon Williams, by the way, a really good quarterback. Are we sticking with Charlie Weiss as court O.C.? Braden Roberts asked that. Braden Roberts, yes, we are, um, potentially. Um, anything could change and anything could happen, but Charlie Weiss, it's Lane Kiffin's offense. If you want to complain about Charlie Weiss, you need to complain about Lane Kiffin. It's his offense. Everything is based off of what he does. Charlie Weiss is in that booth and doing what he does because he has a photographic memory and that way he can know and recognize coverages instantly, relay them down. Lane Kiff- Kiffin can do his whistle thing, and they can do a shot play audible to it. That That's why Charlie Weiss is in the booth. Those things that he can do there, that is how he can help the team. But the actual construction of the offense and things like that, it's a Lane Kiffin offense. So, Walker Howard, huge pickup. I, I think Howard has a chance. Like I said, I want to see him compete in the spring. I want to see what happens. I want to see um, how he does in that quarterback room. I I expect him to learn because there's potentially a ton of experience that's about to come in. And no, I do not expect either way if Spencer Sanders comes into Ole Miss for Spencer Sanders to win that job. That is not my expectation. But if it happens, Ole Miss is better for it, if that makes sense. But um, just looking at it, I, I like I said that that one has never made sense to me. So looking at the last little bit, there's a the linebacker from Alabama. Monty Montgomery got in the portal. There's a cornerback from North Texas. There's potentially a LSU safety. Um, they should be in fairly good shape defensively. if they get that 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 plugs it enough with what they have to be a consistent unit, because I'm telling you, the reason they're changing this is in the big 12, like Jane, John Haycock, the defensive coordinator at Iowa state, he invented this three, two, six defense that for a brief moment, everybody was switching to. Um, And the Big 12, they would continue to put a square peg in a round hole instead of run the ball over and over at one simple location. You could run an off-tackle play and get five yards a time if that's what you chose to do, but they weren't impatient to do it. They were—they wanted to air it out. They wanted to throw the ball over the field, and basically the defense was created for that. So whenever that defense moved out of the Big 12, it Presented some problems early, early on, but as teams figured it out, they found that hole, and then they just decided, "Hey, we'll just pound that over and over again, win the game. It won't be by a large amount of mo- large amount of points, but we'll win the game." And there's not a lot they can do about it. That's what Arkansas did to Ole Miss. Alabama's done it for two years. I mean, so it kind of is what it is um, when it comes to all of that defensively. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Michael Trigg would be a matchup nightmare now that we have a true tight end and we don't have to, like, we can put Priestcorn in and let him block a little bit. We can put them both on the field and can do a lot of the stuff that Georgia does right now with uh, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. Those guys, as tight ends, are now all the rage in college football. And also remember that um, Priest Corn's little brother is a four-star out of Michigan. And, I mean, he, he's a really good player as one of those wide receiver, tight end type guys that, as you can see from Caden, they'll grow. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, Walker howard committed to Ole Miss. I I am unbelievably over the moon about this um signing our commitment and I think everybody should be happy about it. The quarterback room is in a better position than it has been in probably 60 years. At Ole Miss right right now. The quarterback room is unbelievably good and it's only going to potentially get better. And the other players that are potentially going to commit to Ole Miss over the next 2 days Um, will be interesting to see. And we have SEC After Dark tonight. Um, That's on my Y'all's Conference Network YouTube channel. That one's going to be at 9.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern, and we're going to do a transfer portal wrap-up. You have me, you have um, Corey Burton, who's a Georgia guy. You have Jake Thomas, who's an Alabama guy. You have um, Jeb Beecham, who's a Tennessee guy. So we're going to talk about the portal and the window closing and all of that stuff. Um, If there's another commitment that pops today, live stream, unless SEC after dark is getting near because at some point I have to record tomorrow's show and all that as well. Um, So we'll see exact, I'm expecting today and tomorrow to be pretty busy um, for me, but it should be fun for everybody. Charles Vault says, I love your program, Mr. Steven. Thank you very much. Um, Be sure to tell a friend um, and we'll continue to grow this. But, I think we're going to stop it right here. Like I said, if there's another commitment, we'll live stream again. So if you think of any questions, just you know, just bank them and hit me the next time. And if I missed your question this time, ask them again. Um, it wasn't anything intentional. So thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure and check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus, hear from some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Anyway, thanks to everybody for tuning in today. Like I said, I'm going to live stream if another commit pops. I'm going to have SEC After Dark tonight. You can catch that on my Twitter handle, which the address is right down below. Um, and we're going, to, we're going to have a little bit of fun over the next couple of days, potentially. So I hope everybody has a good time and I will see you later. Peace.